hosting for Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Now, it's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. Follow the latest news and information about technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from your tech. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 59. And uh, you can get us each and every week at iTunes and at... uh, techguide.com.au. Joining me each and every week from techguide.com.au is Stephen Fennick. G'day, mate. Good evening, Trevor. Great to be here with you. Mate, it's all thanks to the good people at Trend Micro and Netgear, and we've got a whole stack to talk about tonight, so we won't leave it any much longer. Here we go. Two blokes talking tech. You know, God, the world of business baffles me sometimes, in fact, all the time. Um, what, a week and a half ago, maybe a little bit more, OMG Pop was bought by Zynga or whoever for $200 million because they, they made one reasonably successful app where you draw stuff. This week, Facebook, in the middle of a huge public float, an extraordinary thing to do is go out and, and acquire a big company or acquire a small company for a big wad of cash, Facebook came out and said, we've just spent $1 billion, I feel like I've got to have a little Dr. Evil you know, um, voice on, on Instagram. <laughs> and now Instagram, for people who don't know, is but you're living under a rock, um, is basically it's a camera app for your phone, your mobile phone, your Android or your Apple phone, yeah, um, which, which puts stuff. really nice um, effects on photos, genius, and allows you to share them with your friends, genius. Um, is it worth a billion dollars? Hell no! Oh, mate, this is uh, you're not you're not going to be complaining if you're one of their their thirteen employees that are no. at Instagram uh, in their little San Francisco office. They've only been this is extraordinary. Not only the size of the amount that Facebook are paid, and let's face it, Facebook are cashed up. Okay, oh, a billion dollars. It's still a lot of money. Okay, <laughs> but. This company was only formed, Instagram was only formed in October 2010. It's not mm. even 18 months old. Uh, 13 employees. Apparently, uh, after 12 months of planning, they, they designed and built the app in eight weeks. Well, it's not rockets. I mean, I'm not an app developer, but the, the concept is what works here. Now, the, the, yeah. let's talk about the, the reason why it's valuable, okay? It, it, there's millions and millions and millions of people using it. Yes, that makes it valuable in a sense. But the value here is the fact that people are using it as their default photo sharing place. So I've got to be honest, I don't use it for that because I don't like the idea that I take a photo and automatically get sent to to the internet. I like to know what's going to happen. So I've used it once or twice for effects. I've saved them in the in the in the camera roll, and then I've deleted them from Instagram because I don't want them on out on the web. Yeah. Um, what I've you know what I've found though with this is that it's not you know, like Facebook. There's photo you can already share photos on Facebook. Yeah. Okay. We all do it. But they're the kind of photos that, you know, they make your family photos or you're on holidays. Instagram, to me, appears to be the real arty-farty photographers out there with oh, their mobile couldn't phones. couldn't have said it better fo- myself. 
taking close-ups of flowers and you know, instant, in, in, interesting murals on the side of buildings. So it, it's not just like you, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't find a family picture, say a picture of your baby or something on there or family photo on there. So it's become a quite a trendy little app. Mm. And, and look, let, look at the scoreboard, 30 million iPhone users. It came up on Android a what last week and they got like a million downloads in the first five 12 million. hours. Mm, they've hit, just so, hit 5 million. Look, Instagram makes crap photos look okay, right? <laughs> now, I can see the value in that. And what Facebook have done here is they've gone, hang on a minute, panic, panic. We are the place where people share photos. We want to be the place that people go to share their photos. Panic. We don't want people using Instagram. They don't. You know, Facebook don't want to become, you know, I'm going to the toilet, I'm having dinner with. They don't want to become that again. They want to no. maintain their place as the photo, um, the link, and the, and the status sharing opportunity. So they've yep. paid a very, very high premium. This company was valued, you know, through investment and whatnot at a couple of hundred million recently, maybe up to 500 million. But for Facebook to come in and spend a billion dollars, is a lot of cash. radical. But it should be noted as well, though, that Instagram, you could already share it on Facebook. A lot, a lot yeah. of my friends have put their Instagram pictures on Facebook. But they also, I see a lot more Instagram pictures on Twitter as well. Yes. You know, when people share, yep. you see, you know, if you photo, little Instagram, little shortened URL. So maybe Facebook thought, well, it's either us or them. Maybe they jumped in ahead of Twitter because I reckon I look at more Instagram pictures on my, on my Twitter feed than I do on Facebook. So I don't know whether that was maybe an underlying uh, little reason why Facebook jumped in before Twitter did. But anyway, it's uh, good luck to them, though, guys. They've got uh, – I think from uh, from my understanding is the billion dollars is made up of cash and shares. Oh, that's so- not a bad thing. They might, they might have only got 500 million cash, you know, the poor, Mate, poor souls. But, a you know, million dollars be- cash would be too much. <laughs> <laughs> Fair dinkum. Well, no. good luck to them, Trevor. I know you're dirty on people that make a lot of money. <laughs> so, you know, good luck to them. <laughs> Just quietly, anyone that's making money, I hate you. Um, no, no. Uh, the, only, the only other thing, the only other analogy I draw here is YouTube. Google bought YouTube for $1.6 billion. How's Instagram worth a billion? Well, you know what? It's interesting, yeah, you know, because Instagram doesn't make any money. How do they make money? I know YouTube's it's, it's, got a bit of a revenue, sort of, they can have ads and stuff like that, but Instagram is free. They can't make money. Like, how are they going to get their money back? It's a free app. This is what Maybe gets me charging people for about it. business. This is, like, shouldn't Zuckerberg be brought before the high court for this? <laughs> I mean, hello, you've just spent a billion dollars on something that doesn't make money, cannot make money, and is simply a user uh, base and a defensive mechanism. God love the, the internet. Hey? Oh, unbelievable. Well, I think if he's if he's a multi-billionaire Zuckerberg, he's not going to be for long if he keeps making these kinds of purchases. But you know what? I'd back Zuckerberg being a little bit smarter than I am. So oh, yeah. probably a, a reason to behind this purchase, and time will tell what that is. Yep, lunch money for Zuck's gone for the week, but uh, he'll be back. Instagram, one billion dollars. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, I had the pleasure of attending the Panasonic Smart TV launch today. Uh, they uh, unveiled their 2012 lineup of smart TVs made up of LED, plasma. They've also got their range of Blu-ray recorders, home theater systems. But the big message coming through is connectivity. Now, they, weren't, they never once mentioned the tech, tech specs of the TVs, their full HD capabilities, all that kind of stuff. It was all about connectivity and sharing not only getting 
accessing content from outside your home via the smart TV, but also sharing the content within the home. A very interesting stat they said was that of all the people, they did a survey of all the people who download content, 65% of those people share that content within the home. So they Mm. get it on one device, view it on another, share it around the home. So with the Olympics coming up this year, and the Olympics are always, a the the TV sales always take a decent jump. I think for 30% sales Mm. jump is normally what happens before the Olympics. Panasonic and put themselves in a position for, with these range of plasma. They're now, for the first time, I think that they've got more LED than they do plasma. Yeah, they're big on plasma, aren't they? Yes. And, and this is interesting for them. More to, to LED be than they have plasma. And mm. another interesting little thing to note too is that there was, there's no more 42-inch plasmas. The, the plasma yeah. start at 50, so bigger is better. You know what's really interesting, Stephen, about when it gets to cold and winter, and I'm sitting here in the freezing cold, as I told you before we started recording, I've just realised I'm sitting on a blanket. Man so cave needs a how, how good am I going? I've just realised I can rug up. Listen, yeah. the thing about sharing content, right, is, and I think this is where Panasonic have absolutely nailed it, and you can describe for us in a minute some of those content sharing abilities, but that they're right. People are sharing content, but they're doing it badly. And I think that's what we've seen a lot of companies work towards. You know, we saw this at CES with Sony, um, and this is what Panasonic's trying to do now. They're trying to make it so much more seamless. Now, what Panasonic's done here that's smart is they've made it possible to share things regardless of brand, which is crucial because with Sony, you've kind of got to have Sony everything. Whereas yeah, with Panasonic, true. you're looking at, oh, you've recorded something on your on your Panasonic PVR. Why don't you watch that on your other device? Yeah, that, that's true. I think uh, Panasonic admits that you know tablets are a big big seller this year. They're they're going to be a massive, you know, like two more than two million. They're expecting to sell worldwide so, in Australia. Sorry, so there'll be the iPads, all the Android devices. So they they know that that people are going to be using these other branded products, and they've made the this new, the news way that they stream their their content. Uh, doesn't matter whether you're Android or or, or uh, iPad or smart whatever smartphone you're using, this content can be streamed to those devices. Now what what they've done is that they've allowed uh, their their content, whether it's live content or, or recorded content, uh, they, they allow this content now to be streamed to a tablet outside the room. So say, for example, your wife's watching a t- particular TV show on the TV and you want to watch the football, you may have recorded a program, you can now stream that to another tab- to a tablet mm-hmm. in another room. So uh, that's a really clever use of, of, the, of the te- their technology, the, what, the streaming. Now, you mentioned before, CES was all about the big picture and sharing content, the whole connected home. This is, I think, step one in seeing that uh, come, come, to, come through. Look, I think there's going to be lawyers at 10 paces somewhere around the world on this because, you know, content like TV recordings being pushed to other devices, it opens up a whole new issue. Yeah. You, think you, can, you can only view them, though. It's streamed to it. You can't keep it on there, I don't think. No, absolutely. But the problem is there's some serious rights issues going to occur here because the whole idea of it's not actually kind of legal to record on a VHS a TV program. You just get away with it because no one's going to chase you on it. So just, just just in the back of my head, there's a few, there's movie companies and places like that thinking, hang on a minute. So if someone can hit record on their TV and record, you know, a movie and then sit in their bedroom and stream it, isn't that taking away our ability to sell them a streaming movie service? You know what I mean? Like it's just that. That you draw it out a fair bit, and you start to get that that yeah. issue well, with, no, with well, lawyers. It's funny you should mention that. It's a good segue into the next part of this little segment. Is the fact that today they Panasonic also yes. announced deals with Big Pond and Quick Flicks. Mm. So now w- watching a movie. Y- 
few clicks of the remote, you've got choices of all the big pond movies, quick flicks, w- whether you're a member of either of those services. Now, movies come to you. Uh, so that, that was a, that they did make a big deal about that announcement, and, and I think it's significant. And good luck to Big Pond. They're on so many devices yeah. now, I, not I gotta, just on the T-Box. I've got to tell you that, that obviously the T-Box is a great device for, for Big Pond content, but you know, having Big Pond movies built into LG, Samsung, and now Panasonic TVs is an absolute no It really does give them some serious market dominance over the next five to ten years in the streaming, the IPTV-based you know, yeah. movie distribution. You know, I, I don't use it a lot. I don't watch a lot of movies, but it is easy to sit down, and on my LG, you hit like Netcast, Big Pond Movies, and then you, you, you're browsing the movie store. Yeah, People, I- once they first start using this, they start realizing how damn good it is. Oh, totally. And and let me just add too before we wrap up on this one, the the range of Blu-ray recorders have also got the uh, Vieira Connect capabilities as well. So if you have a TV that may be two, three years old, you connect one of these Blu-ray recorders with this uh, Vieira Connect, and now suddenly you've got a smart TV, so you can access all these services mm-hmm. and all these abilities that we've been talking about. So that, that's that's another good thing for users who think, well, geez, do I need to go out and buy a smart TV? Well, no, you don't. You just got to buy one of these new connect recorders or Blu-ray players, and uh, you've suddenly got a smart TV. Keep your eye out for all the news from Panasonic at techguide.com.au. Now, I can remember, it might have been TechEd or whatever the conference is uh, that Microsoft do, uh, you know, a good while ago when they started showing Windows Mobile 7.5, there, there was a bit of a demonstration of some Qantas application. And Qantas and Microsoft, I guess, have, have finally announced and launched their Windows Phone app. And look, I haven't played with it personally, but I was with David Flynn today from Australian Business Traveller website. And he was saying to me, this is a stunning app because it's it's literally been built from the ground up by Qantas and Microsoft to really be built for Windows Phone. And, you know, the capabilities here are very good. And, and this is a really good thing for Windows Phone, especially when we talk so often about the potential um, market there with the, with the Nokia connection. Totally right. Yeah, I think it's a it's a ringing endorsement. I think for Windows Phone, the fact mm. that a company like Qantas would choose to to put this type of app on their on their platform, and just to explain how it works, the the live what what it is, the the homepage of your your Windows Phone uh, have what they call live tiles, and uh, when you use the Qantas app, you can actually make your flight. A live tile on your on your home screen. So rather than you having to actually open the app, load the app to get your flight information, you can just look at a glance at your at your flight, whether it's running late, whether check in has opened. But I, I, what I like is that it also becomes your boarding pass. You can check in, and all you got to do is scan the code on the screen, and you don't have to print out a boarding pass. It's right there on your smartphone. You know, this is obviously the future is dealing with with uh, with companies in this way via apps like this. But you know, we just need to remember this. Is is a really important step for Windows Mobile and Windows Phone. Um, so yeah, very nice looking looking app. And uh, if you're a Qantas flyer, doesn't you don't even have to be a Qantas frequent flyer, just a Qantas no, traveller. Um, this is a great option for you. And uh, and and you know, one if, other thing though, yep. before we wrap up this one, that, that what I like is that actually the app goes to work before you've even left home. 
Have you? Yeah. Like, what what it does? It takes note of your GPS location <laughs> and prompts you to say, "Well, I think it's time you got going to the airport to make your flight." So it, it gives you a little warning to say, "If you leave now, you'll easily make your flight." So it's uh, not only important at the airport, but also when you're trying to work out your run into the airport. Yeah, just quietly, I wouldn't trust that as far as I could throw it. <laughs> I mean, would you? Can I mean, you, you blame leave- them. So if you missed your flight, you say, "Well, you're bloody yeah, absent." It's a bloody good point. <laughs> I mean, I live I live a fair bloody way from the airport. You you live reasonably close in, in a general sense you know yeah. you could probably take that risk but i'm not gonna i don't trust them i love Qantas, but i don't trust them to, to take <laughs> my flight on time let alone tell me what time i should leave for the airport you're listening to two blokes talking tech two blokes talking tech you're listening to two blokes talking tech with Trevor Long and, Stephen and as we say thanks to the good people at trend micro and netgear and we should uh um, we should reinforce that uh, next Friday night, so after episode 60-odd, uh, we'll find out how uh, Two Blokes Talking Tech goes at the uh, IT Journalism Awards up as uh, Best Audio Program. So uh, fingers crossed for that, Two Blokes Talking yes. Tech. And Stephen, toes Yes, well, <laughs> fingers, toes, whatever you've got to cross. But it's uh, as I said, all thanks to the good people at Trend Micro and Netgear, netgear.com.au for anything connectivity. And, you know, when we talk about smart TVs like the Panasonic, we talked about all of these things need to be connected together on a network. Network and your network needs to be high performing if you're going to start streaming movies and, and music and things around from device to device. So look for netgear.com.au, Netgear Solutions at your local retailer to provide you with the best network in your home or small business. Um, routers that do uh, dual channel so that you're getting the best video bandwidth in one, one area and then all your kids and, and you can surf the internet on another and they're not interrupting each other. Um, if you've got Wi Fi dead spots in your house, look for a Netgear wireless range extender. There's a whole range of products that can help you and your network at home, netgear.com.au. Now, mate, a very interesting story over the last few days, week, over the Easter break, really, um, about Apple being susceptible to uh, a virus at the moment, the flashback virus infecting some 600,000 uh, people around the world in Australia. Um, Kaspersky came out today, uh, uh, said that Australia was the fourth um, most infected country. Look, this is this is big news because it's kind of the first time there's been a big infection. But to me, it's not big news because this always was going to happen. And I think what it does is reminds people that on any platform, you have to be aware. Absolutely, yeah. I've, I've had a, been on radio talking about this a fair bit this week. A lot of callers that have heard about this asking about, oh, what's the best internet security software to buy? So uh, I think it's a real wake-up call for Mac users. I think there were a lot of people out there thinking that oh, I use a Mac, I don't need security. Well, hello, guess what? You do. Yep. Uh, and, and Apple have issued uh, not a, a patch for the uh, the vulnerability on Java. Just to explain what it is, there's a, there was a little, uh, little vulnerability, a little, little loophole inside Java. Java, a little flaw that it allowed this Trojan to install itself. Now, they've, they've patched up that hole in the fence, but they haven't they're working on software to detect and remove the software if you've already got it. I've written this up on Tech Guide, and I also put a little instruction, little some instructions on how to uh, check if you've got it to update the uh, to to download the uh, the patch. Uh, and uh, yeah, there's also a flashback checker, so you can download to see if you're actually infected. So uh, yeah, this uh, it's a real eye opener. This one for Mac users. I've, in fact, Apple sent me an email and referred me to the little instructions that are available on the Apple site, the support uh, the support instructions there, which mm. is a first. It's a first real. For me, anyway, they were first major bit of malware that I've heard about for the Mac. Absolutely. Now, 
you know, as I said, I'm not playing it down. It's a big issue. It's an important issue, and Apple will release the – I would say they'll push this update out to people very soon as, as a software update as they normally would. But what I think it's important to do is remind people here that, you know, Apple – and I talk about volume. People say, why hasn't Apple been, been affected before? Well, because there isn't enough Apple devices out there. And now there are, they're starting to become a target. But you know what's the bigger target to me? Android. There's, there's, yeah. there's probably more Android devices in the world than there are Apple computers. So it's quite likely that viruses generally will skip back and go straight to Android. So it's why I think you just got to, that's the place everywhere is where you've got to be concerned. But I just think the, the, the frontier that's going to hit us first in, in a big way, other than PC, is going to be yeah, Android. So, absolutely. But, you know, but I think it, uh, this has illustrated that if you're connected in any way, Mac, PC, anyway, you really need to take precautions. Yep. And this, 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 this has infected more than 600,000 Macs around the world, including a reported 30,000 users in Australia. You know, yeah, that's nothing to sneeze at. No, so, I shan't uh, be not, sneezing. It's not that kind of virus, but anyway, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, absolutely. And I think it's important that people take the time to, to read that website and uh, just search the Apple site, and you might even have some info at techguide.com.au oh, so, yeah, for site. people on uh, how to keep their, their Mac up to date and make sure that you're, uh, you're avoiding any problems with what is the flashback Trojan slash virus. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, you may recall, Trevor, that I had a little trip to Japan last September for, for the launch of the... Junk it! XBA... Gesundheit. <laughs> the uh, XBA headphones, in-ear headphones, and they've finally been released. I got to hear them when I was in Japan, and and they were incredible, but I thought, you know what? I don't want to write a full review until I get these things and listen to them. I've been listening to them for the past week, mm. and if anyone who's read my review on Tech Guide, I've given it full marks. Because full score! I have not heard... A better Torvalon Dean. This is a ten. This is it. It's the Torvalon Dean of in-ear headphones. Very good call. <laughs> I've never heard a better in-ear pair of headphones. Fair now of- these just to explain what what's inside them. There's tiny little drivers inside these called balanced armature drivers. Now what they do, each of these, it creates a little like a four-way speaker system in your ear. So one looks after full range. One's a tweeter. One's a woofer. There's a super woofer as well. Now what I found with these, the reason I like them so much is because they do everything well. I've, ha- I've heard so many pairs of earphones, headphones, they're, they're, some of them are really good bass, some of them are good sort of mid-range, good clarity, but then do the other things poorly. What this does, it does everything well. Bass, tr- clarity, the whole lot, full marks across the board. And like I said, they're, they're, they're not cheap as well. I've got a no, no. They're $500, the XBA4s that, that I reviewed. Yeah. There are some. They start at $99. So if you want to work your way up to the XBA1, 2, 3, or 4. But the, the technology they're putting, these, these earphones are amazing and really need to be heard to be believed. Well, that's always the problem with earphones, isn't it? You've really got to, you've got to take the word of someone who, who's tried a lot, and that's why we're listening to you about it, mate, because it's funny. You know, people, people don't realize how much better sound can be. If you actually go out and get yourself a good That's right. set it's, of It's like putting on a pair of glasses. I've mean, short-sighted people who relate to this story. When you put on a pair of glasses for the first time, you think, geez, I didn't realize the world was so clear. You just, yeah. Without the glasses, you just, you just accept that the world is that way. That's now, true. You try these headphones, these in-ear headphones, uh, and, and really the music, like, and I was listening to music that I know very well and that I know exactly how good it sounds. And, Sing a bit and, for us, Stephen. Like, Sing a bit. 
I, I won't. I won't put our <laughs> listeners through that. But I, one line in my review that 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 I said that I was walking around with a constant smile on my face when I was listening to these people. That must have thought I was a weirdo, sort of having this sick little smile on my face all the time. But that's how that's how good these things sounded. I I was just amazed at the quality that these these uh, headphones put out. So, Sony, well done. Full marks from Tech Guide techguide.com.au to see the five stars in all their glory. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Two Blokes Talking Tech brought to you by Netgear and Trend Micro. Now, Trend Micro, we've already mentioned mobile security and Trend Micro have personal edition for Android. I think uh, our very own Trevor Long was on Current Affair just tonight talking about the risks Mm. of downloading apps to smartphones. Exactly. Smartphones are the new frontier for cyber criminals, which is why Trend Micro has come up with their mobile security personal edition for your Android smartphone. So we do a lot of stuff on our phones. We surf, we call, we text, but now you can do it all securely. And it also helps to keep your kids safe when they're using their smartphones as well. So you can use mobile security to avoid unwanted calls and block numbers, filter out those annoying calls. But also when you're downloading apps, and this is where the danger comes in, it's got an app scanner feature that checks out each new app against Trend Micro's up-to-date database so it can block any malware from infecting your phone. So mobile security, personal edition for Android. It's available now at Harvey Norman, Dick Smith, Officeworks, JB Hi-Fi, Leading Edge Computers, and all other authorized resellers. Trend Micro, when you're online in any place on any device, they've got you protected. And if you want any more information, head over to trendmicro.com.au. Now, Google have had several Google-branded phones to date. Um, apart from the Google operating system, which runs on a lot of phones, they, they've had several branded phones, and they did, they did make a bit of hype, actually, about the Samsung Galaxy Tab 10.1 when it first came out. They issued them at a developer conference and things like that, but they've never actually released a tablet hardware themselves. Now, it's very interesting, mate, the rumors about a, a 7-inch tablet coming out from Google. Absolutely. Well, I think not only is it interesting about the rumor of Google finally releasing a Nexus tablet, now we've seen Nexus smartphones, but what I find even more interesting is the reason behind their move to release this 7-inch tablet is to combat two products, one that doesn't exist officially and one that does exist. The first one that does exist is the Amazon Kindle, which is which is on fire in the US because it's not only a good product, but it's only not $199 US, and a lot of people are buying them. It was a real hit over summer, uh, uh, over Christmas in the US as well. So that's, that's uh, product number one that Google are combating. Product number two is the rumored... Seven-inch iPad. Now that you've heard these rumors, I've heard these oh, rumors yeah. about this mid-size iPad that Apple could literally just drop on our doorsteps at any time. Google are hoping to preempt that by releasing their own seven-inch tablet. And who knows? Will Apple do it? Will they not? Google want to be prepared. Look, I think it's really interesting. And the other thing is the whole Motorola deal. You know, the the buying a Motorola. What does this mean for the Zoom? You know, there's so much going to happen in the next couple of years with tablets and mobile phones with Google being a mobile phone maker. So it's a very interesting time. But, you know, the one thing I will say is seven inches the place to be. I, I, I don't know. I don't care what anyone says. If you play with a really good seven-inch tablet, you do realize it's a great size. You know, the Note 
Samsung Galaxy Note 5.3 inch, whatever it is, is fun, it's different, but it's really not usable as a phone or a tablet, in my opinion. But once you get to 7 inches, you're starting to work with something that can be used as a tablet. It can be used to consume at reasonable levels, you know, full-size websites. It can be used to, to take, you know, notes and, and you know, yeah. play better games. So it's a really good space to be in. Very interesting, very interesting times. Totally right. 7, it seems to be lucky 7. And and from from the rumours that they're, they're talking about the new, the 7-inch iPad, they're saying that the screen resolution will be 1024 by 768, which is the same resolution as the original iPad iPad and the iPad 2. Mm. So in the case of apps, and I think we discussed on, on a program on our Two Blokes Talking Tech a few months ago, one of my one of my reasons that they might not do that is because it'll be another third size that an app would have to adjust to. But reading that, the app wouldn't have to adjust at all. It, it w- wouldn't need, even need to be rescaled. It'll just work yeah. and scale perfectly to that new screen size. So I think you're right. Seven inches are very, very popular size. I think Apple will be listening to the market and they could very well just produce a 7-inch iPad. Not that size matters, let's be clear. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, online, we've got quite an online theme for the show today, but online, you know how many passwords we've got? How oh. many passwords do we have to remember? Now, I've got a lot. On average, they're saying that people have got up to 10 passwords to remember. Now, we're told don't write them down. No. Have different passwords. Yes. You don't want them all the same. And what do we do? We write them down and have them all the same just to make it easy to remember. But now Trend Micro has come up with an app called Direct Pass, which can remember all of your apps for you. So rather than you having to remember your 25 passwords, uh, you can only have to remember one, a master password. So it, it, it will remember your banking passwords, yep. your Facebook, all of these all these securely. And even if you knew, when you sign up to a new website and you've got to think of yet another bloody password, <laughs> this direct pass can also generate a password for you too. So, And you don't need to remember it because the app's going to remember it. That's right. It'll generate a really strong password. So I, I quite like that feature too. Look, I think um, you know there's plenty of solutions like this out there, but it's, it's much better when it comes from a, a trusted source like Trend Micro. The, the thing that people need to understand is that it isn't safe. Bottom line, it is not safe to keep the same password for a long time. It's not safe to have the same password across multiple sites. Now, that is unachievable for the majority of people, and I'm, I will acknowledge that. It's hard for I, a robot to remember that. I use, I'll be honest, I use the same password in a lot of places. But let me be clear, in important places like my mail, my Facebook in my bank, and I, I call Facebook important because of the, the data there that's there, the personal information that can be there, that's a different password, yeah? Mm-hmm. So that you're not using the same password on, you know, just, you know, random sign-up websites as you are. Because it's another thing. When those random websites you sign up for get hacked, the password could be your banking password. So you should all be always be using different passwords around the place, and the Trend Micro Direct Pass will help you manage that and also help you suggest it. So check it out, and there's a whole stack more info at techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Another one bites the dust, mate. Thank you very much. Uh, talk to you next week. Yes, you will, and, and uh, yeah, we'll be recording uh, episode sixty before the big awards night, and we on look forward April to April twentieth, and we'll bring you all that news in the next couple of weeks. Until then, keep up to date with everything happening in technology at techguide.com.au, and you can follow me and Stephen on Twitter, Trevor Long, and Stephen Fennick with a PH, and uh, and you can listen to my other podcast, Your Tech Life. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Two 